This podcast is brought to you by journalism.co.uk. We bring you the latest jobs across the media and communications industry. Our job of the week is editor for SciDev.net. For this opportunity and more, visit our jobs board on www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. Today, we've got a special episode exploring the benefits of hosting live podcast events to engage with your listeners. How? We are actually using a live recording ourselves from a workshop at our Newswired conference last week, led by Sachandra Chakrabarti, host of the Freelance Pod. What follows are highlights from the workshop as Sachandra talks about what a live podcast actually is, what goes into making it a success, and for all of our listeners with podcasts of their own, why you should consider hosting one for yourself. I'll let Sachandra take it from here. So, my name is Sachandra Chakrabarti. I host a podcast called Freelance Pod, which is about how the internet has changed the news and creative jobs. So, about me, I've made two podcasts. Um, in my last staff job, which I left in April 2018, I worked at the Daily Mirror, and it was um, coming to the end of December 2017 when we were sort of pitching to do podcasts and read one about the show Black Mirror and the Freelance Pod is the one I make now on my own and I record it with my phone with a similar setup to this so a lavalier mic I use a double-headed lavalier um, so we're going to look at what you do before the show to try and get people excited and get them in and get them thinking they might want to come um, what we can do during the show to make the most of it because once it's finished it's just another podcast so you take lots of pictures taking video and that sort of thing and engaging the audience and then after the show how do you make your live podcast live on and tell people about it. Um, but these are two examples of live podcasts I've done in the last few months. So this was a London podcast festival here and I invited Abdul Tahan who's um, a Syrian refugee, he's been here for six years and a stand-up comedian and an academic so he's, he's done really well and um, I asked him to talk about his journey from Syria and like assimilating into life in London. I remember I volunteered once uh, in a university uh, at the University of Southampton and they put me in the cloakroom, and I didn't know what the cloakroom was. And they told me that people come, they give you your uh, their jackets, and you just direct them where everything is. It's fine. It was Sunday, and they told me everything was closed. So the cafe was closed, the canteen was closed, everything was closed. Fine. So there was this come. He this this guy. He comes in, and he looks kind of you know he needed to go somewhere. And he asked, he gave me his his uh, jacket, and he asked me, where is the loo? And I did not know where, what is a loo. I've never heard of a loo before. All I, we knew in Syria, we call it toilet. And I remember that everything was closed. So I told him, oh, sorry, sir, the, the loo is closed. It's Sunday. Nobody uses the loo in here. He looked at me funny. I didn't, I... So what's great about Abdul is he's very funny. And it's a kind of like dark humour, as you can imagine. And there was a way in which I thought the audience might be quite concerned that they shouldn't be laughing at him because they don't want to be seen as laughing at refugees. It's quite a wake audience. So to make them feel like they could join in with his comedy, I got him talking first and you could feel that it was uncomfortable in the audience. But then I bought the Life in the UK test book. Has anyone ever seen that? It's a work of fiction. And it's what um, people have to learn if they want to become British citizens. And it's not stuff like, am I allowed to use NHS? It's stuff like... Um, who was William the Conqueror's favourite Spice Girl. It's just like mental stuff. And it's, it says a lot about Brexit, I think, that it's about like the UK's cultural past and 
you just learn it by rote. And so anyone I've spoken to has had to do it, said it's really hard and it doesn't really teach you a lot about living in the UK. So I got that book and thought, let's ask the British public and the audience these questions. And if they answer them correctly, they could win prizes. And I'll show you the prizes in a bit. But I did make merchandise for this live recording as well. I'd considered doing that. I didn't do it for my other one, that you can see. And so people then came up to the stage and they'd come and get their prizes and they'd answer questions. And all of that became more interactive. And over time, them laughing at Abdul became more relaxed because they were like, we get you. We're laughing at the absurdities of being a refugee, not at a refugee. Then the other one over here, I'm speaking to author Gemma Milne, whose book's Make a Mirrors, which is about like the hype around science reporting that's coming out next April. And you can see it's a really different kind of setting already, like the lighting's really dramatic. So we were on stage at the Boulevard Theatre in Soho, which has just reopened, and it's in the evening, the audience is slightly beneath us, and they're in the dark, and that really made the situation really different. So a lot of my friends in the audience, and I thought, great, they'll like talk back to us and all of that. But when I was asking the audience questions, so I was like, test the audience the first few minutes. But in a theatre setting, when the lights are down on you and the spotlight's on me, you'll find that the audience feels like they're at a show, and they, they're not going to banter you, and they're not going to laugh, and they're not, well, they're going to laugh, but they're not going to throw out observations and say things. So it's worth thinking about your venue and the lighting and the staging and how it's going to make the audience feel, whether there's a wall between you and you're the show and they're the audience, or it's more of a conversation. Um, so why do audiences go to a live podcast? So there's that meet and greet element, which you don't get on the internet when you're a fan. It's like, oh my God, I can meet them in real life. What we get from that reaction, from that interaction, I don't know, but people love the thought of like seeing their hero in real life. And if you've got a favourite podcast, that host is probably one of your heroes. You probably like them a lot. And so think about for yourselves about growing your audience and engaging your audience. You've got a whole group of people in your room who love your product and are probably quite interested in your organisation or might have found your organisation through that product. What can you do with them? That's amazing. Don't lock the doors on them. That's scary. But um, yeah, what questions can you ask them? They're almost a focus group without getting too like businessy on them. What kind of questions can you be asking them? What kind of subjects can you be talking about that's going to make them feel or oh, they really understand me, like this is my publication, this is my podcast, I'm going to start reading their other stuff or start picking up their magazine. So you want to like move them across your other products. Uh, so yeah, the impact is meeting your most engaged and loyal audience. So there's the audience growth, but also the engagement of the audience as well. And non-listeners might turn up. So um, if you are part of like Politics Live, or there's going to be a Literature Live as well next gen, there's going to be more of those kind of live events. I was part of the London Podcast Festival. People just dropped in, and that was quite nice to see, because I could see the back door. And people were kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, more people, come in. And, and also letting people know you're not going to be like a comedy show and be like, oh, you, why are you late? Like, you don't want to do, you don't want that kind of atmosphere. So your audience should become like ardent listeners, ambassadors for your content because you've given them something, you've put on a show for them. And then if they're recommending your show because they're going, look, I'm here, that should be intriguing for other people. Like, what's this live podcast? What have you been to? Why are you hanging out with Georgia Poet? What's going on? Um, so that's, that's what's in it for the audience. So how do you adapt a pre piece of pre-recorded audio? into a show that's live, visual, and interactive. That's, that's the biggest job, right? That's a job of performance, and it's showing where the lines are blurring between journalism and kind of just straight entertainment. So I don't think many of us have put on a show in terms of journalism here, have we? No? No, it's not what you usually do. It's super fun. If you have anything of the performer within you, this is your time to shine, guys. It's a lot of fun. Um, so things to think about, can your backdrop act as a visual aid? Um, I had lots of pictures in my London podcast Festival one, because um, Abdul was talking about his journey from Aleppo in Syria. He was in hiding for a bit, and he was hiding in a post office, which kind of sounds hilarious, especially when you think of like British post offices. So we found a picture 
of, an, of um, a Syrian one, and it was huge. It was on four floors, and I loved his description of like the higher the floor you were on, the more social status you had. And now I use this line every time I want to view uh, some room to live in, and they ask me the host, like, "Do you like the room?" I said, "I lived in a post office. <laughs> of course, I lived. There. I love this room. I, there's a, a roof on top of my head. I'm happy." So back in here in the the post office in Aleppo, this is a place called Qadi Askar. Um, and this place was really safe for me. Uh, somehow, I felt safe in the post office. The regime would not bomb the post office for reasons I, d I have no idea about. But they would not bomb it. They would bomb everything else. They would bomb a cemetery, a bakery, a building, everything but the home office. This is a question for the Life in the Syria test. What would the regime bomb? <laughs> Except the whole of it. And I was, I was in the post office making free calls because, you know, there's a landline. Making the free calls. Were you doing photocopies as well? Getting Every, stamps, you yeah? You can do whatever you want. It's the post office. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. I was living a dream. It was like, oh, this is amazing. This is the post office. So when I, it's a huge. Look, it's a huge. It's like four, four stories long. That square footage would cost you a lot in London. Yeah, so true. when I came here, I saw the post office inside a grocery shop. Uh, what kind of... Post office, do you have in here? The post office be this. Well, what's, what's wrong with our post offices? It's, they're very small, they're tiny. Uh, where, where is, look at this, look. Huge. Four floors. What? Four floors. Are you sure that's not a Primark? No, it's, it's the post office. What is Four happening floors. on each floor? Where were you sleeping? I was sleeping here. Uh, sleeping here on the on the. Um, is is that because if something happens to the building, you're safest on the ground floor? No, because there were other people <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> Choosing the episode's theme and guests, so I had to think really carefully about who I was going to bring on to that first um, London Podcast Festival. I could have gone a full comedy route, I could have tried to get a big name. In the end, the first person who came to mind was Abdul, because I really wanted to discuss his, his journey over here as a refugee and to like, really get his lived experience as much as he wanted to talk about it. And so I, I went for that. Um, celebrity names throw a lot of stardust over the ticket price. I was probably the least celebrity podcast at the podcast festival, but I think they then got in an audience who weren't expecting that from us. They were expecting like a real story. Um, interesting guest combinations, peak interest. So again, like election cast and the receipts are great. Um, can you get somebody unexpected in if you're a really serious news organisation? Is it worth getting in a Mark Steele, who's known as political comedy, someone like that? Or is it worth getting in some improv people? Because also you want people who can talk and who don't get stage fright. So that's something you have to think about as well. So I knew Abdul does um, stand-up comedy, so he'd be fine. And also, right at the beginning of the show, the people in charge of the slides mixed them up somehow, which was really fun. So he was chatting away, and we saw the slides had gone wrong, he just had to look at me, and I was just like, carry on. So you need someone who can be like, eye contact, they don't go, oh my God. And I know that seems like a tough job, and I know it seems like you might get stage fright, um, but you, you probably won't. It's worth doing trial runs, maybe, internally. Um, but pick someone, yeah, who's not going to be afraid up there um, and someone who can keep talking, keep improving. Have you noticed that people are switching off from the news? That's the thing, right? And it feels like the same story all the time, and it's Trump and it's Boris and blah, 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 blah. You know, a live podcast, I do feel people are going to them because they want to talk about the issues and discuss things and not have the same narrative all the time and not feel crowded out by it. So think about that as well. Can you come at the news from a kind of different angle? Can you think laterally around it? Where can you get a really good discussion for people? 
And then also, what are people saying to you about your podcast over social media? Like, what are your fans saying back to you? Do people email you? It's fine if they don't. Um, people Facebook message me, which is really interesting for, on my podcast. But what are the themes that keep coming up from your feedback as well that might be worth exploring? And so the impact of that is that the audience feel part of the discussion. They find greater value in your content and your brand. So if they like that live podcast, they might start thinking, oh, well, what's their coverage of politics like? Or what's their coverage of showbiz like? I might go and look at that. Oh, they seem to have a showbiz podcast, or they have um, a weekly video. I might start going and watching that. So put the edited episode out as soon as you can, and like make sure you're really playing on the fact that it sounds different to um, a usual episode. So you hear the difference immediately when you put this out. Make a big song and dance about the fact this is the recording of the live show as well. I always do a cold open on my podcast episodes. Anyone know what a cold open is? Have you seen like Saturday Night Live? Um, they always have a sketch and then the credits and then you watch the thing. So I have a clip of like my guest's second or third best quote because you've got to go listen for the best bits. Just so you know, do I want to spend half an hour or 90 minutes perhaps with this person? This actually was one of the, the, the questions in the, in, 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 in the exam, uh, in the test. It says one of the British values is A, having a university degree, B, right, uh, driving a car, C, uh, laughing at yourself, D, going to pub and ordering a um, pint. I was like, can we all, all of them? Um, so it was laughing at yourself with a British value. And I understand this from Brexit, what's happening in Brexit. You know, it's like showing us, you know, making an example for all the refugees. Look how we laugh at ourselves. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Freelance Pod. My name's Chandrika Chakrabarti and I'll be your host. Freelance Pod tells stories about creativity and the digital revolution. I've been a journalist for 13 years now and a podcaster for nearly two, so I've seen a lot of the changes that digital has brought to the media. I've also trained a lot of people on how to deal with all those changes. So you immediately, as soon as you listen to the podcast, it's, I mix in a bit of music, but you're hearing from my guests, because you know what I'm like, I'm the host. But you're hearing from them, do I want to hear their anecdotes? Do I like their voice? Are they going to entertain me? So I start with a cold open. And in any way that you can give a flavour of what it's going to sound like and feel like to listen, I would do that. And so definitely the um, multimedia from a live show is a really good way of getting that across. So live tweet to keep a wider audience feeling part of it. Tracking the night from your brand account means that listeners who can't make it feel involved and they may interact and retweet. And the impact of this is the activity will push the tweets out to non-listeners while the show's on. So while the show's on, they'll be like, great, what's going on? I'm interested. And they might then click through, like make sure you've got links to the podcast. Maybe um, if you can have a social person from your social team on it. If, they're talk if it's a politics show and they happen to talk about Theresa May and you've got an episode about her, then link back to that episode. And again, it's what you do with a live blog. It's a really similar kind of thinking. So after the show, how does your show live on afterwards? So you can see I made a little merchandise, but I made stickers. By the way, the logo is made by my friend who's a graphic designer. She did a very flattering cartoon version of my face. But it gets commented on a lot, um, and people remember it. And I, I don't even have business cards, I just give out a sticker now. So my friend put like a sticker on a water bottle and tweeted it out. I had like really weird masks. I had ones on my face, or of the logo, and like Boris Johnson ones and other ones, and people got lost. And basically, this did marketing for me at the London Podcast Festival. So people wandering around with these all day, and people going, who is that, what is that? Oh, it's Freelance Pod. 
Can you have something that people walk out with afterwards? You might have a bigger budget than me, so maybe a tote bag, maybe something else. Some of your logo they can carry around, but why shouldn't the people who come to your audience, to be your audience, do your marketing for you? So give them something as well. Make them feel like there's a reward for them being there. Then afterwards, make sure you summarise the show on social. So using Twitter moments and using Insta stories. Um, and also, if your audience is tagging you, like make sure you're retweeting them, putting them in the moments. Um, what do we call it? Reinstering? Taking the Insta story and adding it to your Insta story. And so you're giving the audience member a huge new audience, which is great for them, and they'll be very grateful. And you're also getting their audience too. Play on that FOMO. So like, look what you're missing out on. Um, also, if you are getting feedback from people, um, if they're saying like, I really love that bit about Brexit, bring it back in another episode and say, hey, it was really, you know, talked about the live show, we're going to talk about it here. Keep an eye on your stats. It might mean Twitter followers, it might mean Instagram followers, it might mean visits to your homepage. So that's why I haven't put stats in really, like all, all of my stuff again is scattered over different platforms. My Twitter followers have gone up quite a lot. My Instagram followers went up a fair amount. I'm getting more people looking at my Instagram stories as well, which is interesting. Converting them to followers can be interesting. Um, my downloads, interestingly, went up before shows as well as after shows. And I think it's because I was doing pre-show press, so I'd make sure I wrote something or um, promoted it in some way. So do look at if you're getting return on investment. Like, I know it's a fun thing, but that's what your bosses will want at the end of the day. So make sure you've got a starting point, And then when you look afterwards, you've got an ROI that's saying, actually, it did grow our audience. Actually, we did get audience feedback from engaged audience members. Actually, it did change something in terms of audience. And that's it from me. I'll definitely start with like, even one every other month, or just make it a one-off. Don't promise the audience anything necessarily, but know internally that if it goes well, you'll make it regular. I would not do it every week. Um, unless it's so popular. If no one else is doing it, then maybe you'll get a lot from it. But I would start with, it's a one-off special New Year thing. And then if it goes well, then it becomes a, a once every other month, once a month. And then if it's incredible, that's what Brexit Cost did, essentially. They made it a TV show every Thursday, um, but they are the BBC and they've got a built-in audience. Um, they haven't made it visually that interesting I would say but the people two of the people on it at least are stars Laura Kinsberg and Katia Adler I'd say arguably stars so I would I would start with not getting the audience expecting too much but internally having a plan of if it goes well and if it doesn't go well look forward to all of your live podcasts ASAP then can't wait thank you Thanks to Chandrika for leading that workshop so well. I especially like the part about audiences being familiar with your voice and already having that established ground going in. An interesting potential for sure for us all to be thinking about. Thanks to you at home for checking out the podcast and of course thanks to all of our speakers and delegates for making Newswise such a great day of discussion and networking. We are already starting to draft the agenda for the next News Wired as we bring the event to Manchester in spring 2020. So keep an eye on social media, and if you subscribe to our newsletter, keep an eye on your inbox for further announcements. If you have ideas for topics or you'd like to get involved as a speaker or sponsor, do also get in touch with one of the team. Lastly, if you like what you heard, keep your eyes peeled on journalism.co.uk as we bring you more content coming out of the event. That's all for me this week, though. Until next time.